there. Welcome to Mission Critical, a podcast about technology, people, and culture. I'm Matt Ryan, digital marketing strategist, and with me, as always, is Curtis Selleck, finance consultant and operating on Android Oreo. On this episode, we'll be talking about the iPhone, the iPhone 8, the iPhone X, the iPhone 10, and I suppose any other uh, I suppose Apple news that's caught our, our attention in the last week or so, uh, following the launch of uh, the new range of Apple products at uh, Apple Fest this week. What's, uh, what's the other name for the iPhone 10, sorry? Uh, I believe it's the X. Gonna give it to you. Uh, sorry, I couldn't. Uh, could not do that. So yeah, the uh, the iPhone. Uh, I want to say X, but uh, I always want to say X as well. This yeah. is going to be a problem. Why? Well, I, I haven't watched the keynote, so I don't know if um, they want people to say ten and not X. Like that. Was I believe that they pronounce it ten. But do they say don't call it X? No, they haven't. They've just said the ten. Yeah, that's fine. I'm happy with that. Uh, you know, Tenth I'm, anniversary. I'm all about the like the version consistency. You know, I want to make sure like it's been in numerals and now they're going into letters. Yeah. Um, I can't really sort of handle that. I like consistency between my my you know my product lines. Uh, I remember how um uh, I think upset that we were at one stage that um you were on like a Nexus six and you had to go to a Nexus eight because uh Nexus seven is from Blade Runner and they can't use that. No, they had a uh, the Nexus seven was a tablet. Okay. Uh, their first tablet. So it was a seven-inch tablet, and uh, they remade it twice, and that's the, and then they've killed it. But um, yeah, I, did, I, I can't even think of it. it was an eight now. I think I went to the it's a Samsung on eight. Mm. But yeah, I I, I love that. I, I love X. I don't want ten. I want X. Uh, yeah. And and really because they I'm finally like seeing some new stuff from from Apple and like again I'm I'm a fan droid. You know I'm a. a an Android user, um, I'd probably use Windows Phone over Apple just for because I don't want to buy into it. But um, I still love what they do. Like I like the idea that um, they, you know, reading this article that you sent me earlier in the week around the last ten years of the Apple products, it was like the quickest, shortest article I've read on ten years of magnificence because they're creating these user friendly, um, beautiful looking, simplistic phones that just work. Uh, and this is, you know, X just differentiates this new model. You don't have a fingerprint scanner, which everyone is using. You've got facial recognition, which everyone seems to, you know, have mixed opinions on. Um, yeah, I, I love it. One of the things I think I'm uh, really interested in is that I feel like Apple gets and runs into a lot of trouble because they have, so I suppose, these incremental successes. They improve a little bit, they improve a little bit, they improve a little bit, and when you're really considering how much they've changed and how much they've improved and how much they've really led the market um, in the last sort of 10 years, it's fascinating that I think that all of these um, devices and improvements really do... Uh, I suppose shine a lot brighter during the um, uh, like over the course of the ten years. Mm. When you look at the entirety of the iPhone in you know sort of uh, in, I suppose in the breadth of the spectrum of iPhones, like they're all incredibly impressive. And I think what's interesting is that you know um, changing up that naming convention and putting it to the X. I think um, I don't know. It's a it's a strange experience to be able to I suppose read, um, uh, consider you know what does this mean, and you know really uh, I suppose start to dig into where is Apple right now. Well, in, the, in that same article that you sent me, um, the the first time that they differentiated that product was when they went from the 3G to the 3GS, which was the speed. Yeah, and so, absolutely. Uh, that article spoke to how they've now created a whole other niche of product where they can get in another product line where people are going to either upgrade or be waiting, okay, well, I've got the you know 3GS, so I'm waiting for the 4S, I'm waiting for the 5S. But they, because they've changed the product this time, it's not... 
it's the 8S is there. You can get the same thing that you got on the 7 and the 6, like, seemingly, like, from appearance. But it, now you've got a luxury model, basically. Well, you just... it's t- But it's totally different, so you don't have the fingerprint scanner. So do I want to s- jump into this new technology? Because there'll be a 10X squared or 10XS in... Uh, XS sounds pretty cool, actually, yep. for, like, a jumbo version of it. Yep. Um, a 10X uh, issue. You should, you should be contacting <laughs> them with these ideas. I'm going to check the copyright right now, yep. you know. Um, but uh, the the... That just differentiates their model again, where um, people that like their touch and they're happy with that, or they, they can stick to that model, or if they want to go this bezel-less style phone where Apple have a little bit of room to move to play, they can they can put some crazy stuff in there that's a little bit more experimental that may catch on, it may not, but because it's got the brand, people are just going to buy it anyway. So I suppose talking about the uh, the where we're at with the experimentals, um, do you want to talk about uh, what the I suppose the real uh, incremental upgrades are this time around? So what does the iPhone eight have? What does the X have? What does the ten have? Um, well, the uh, the iPhone eight, uh, I'm pretty sure, is just an upgrade in the camera, um, an upgrade in the uh, the the screen, uh, like the pixel density of the screen, so it looks a little bit nicer. Um, the chip, the chip inside, is is a little bit nicer. Uh, it's a fairly standard upgrade, I think, as correct, far as iPhones yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. You know, if you've got a seven, you're not going to ma- see sort of much of a difference. But if you're operating yeah. on an older model, I think the way that, um, particularly in Australia, it seems to work on these 24 month rolling contracts, it seems that people are either um, versioning on one um, one sort of product line and then skipping another. Um, and, you know, sort of incrementally um, sort of going across, uh, I suppose, in skipping generations. So I, I think that particularly, you know, people who are on a five or a six, uh, it's going to be, you know, a seismic Huge shift for jump. them. Yeah, yeah. I think, but what's interesting, um, talking about the incremental sort of jump in quality is, you know, when we start talking about the 10 and what does that mean for, um, you know, as a jump in, in quality above and again, I think that's enough of an incentive for a lot of people who are on a seven and have had a seven for about a year, um, you know, for them to actually give them some pause in terms of what they want to do. I think the, <clears throat> so just talking about the telcos for a second, um, only because it's in the market recently with my Samsung. So uh, you can do like leasing plans now where you get 12 monthly upgrades. So you yeah. pay a little bit more in the front end and then you have to give your phone back, assuming you don't smash it or, you know, whatever. And then I can upgrade to the next uh, Samsung, you know, Galaxy 9 plus whatever. But I mean, like, as if you would. Yeah, like whatever it is. Um, and just Why? keep rolling that. I mean, but it, but it's a it's a beautiful position for the telcos to get into because rather than me feeling like I'm stuck for 24 months they can get me a little bit more I pay for 12 and then I just keep upgrading well I think that they're really looking at um, uh, shorter term contracts in order in order to get people on these rolling deals yeah it's probably easier for them to close another 12 months um, secured rather than have uh, the you know 24 months open up at the end of it and have people free to do what they want mm. by locking them in by locking people into those kinds of deals you are really like keeping themselves inside the ecosystem of one of the major telcos yeah but I guess we sort of deviate a little bit from the the Apple centric conversation. But I just thought that was interesting because with the uh, so the eight is exactly right. So if you're going from a, a six uh, or even a seven to maybe an eight S, like you're wanting to change it up a bit, get the new model, but also get the bigger version, see how it feels. Because I know some people don't like the larger screen. Like I struggle with the eight, uh, yep. the Samsung uh, S Plus because it's uh, it is really big. I have to use two hands. Um, and that's what's been said about the X. So I think if you're going from a smaller phone, maybe the X or the 8S are going to be, um, you know, the phone for you or the 8 Plus, I think it's called, not the 8S. Is it called the 8S? No, the 8S will be next year. Yeah, that's the next so, year. So well, that's, the, that's the next <laughs> yeah, model. Yeah, yeah, my bad. See, this is where the naming convention <laughs> like, gets, gets ahead of you. Like, this is the real challenge for them, uh, you know, and in, in deviating, and I'm surprised that they've done this. It yeah. seems, uh, one of the things that you can say about most Apple products, and you've already said it on, on this recording, is that um, there's a level of intuitiveness there that 
that's really appealing to most consumers. Mm. These things work. They work the way that you expect them, but maybe even in ways that you don't necessarily realise. And I think what's interesting is that this might be the first fundamental shift in, uh, I suppose, iPhone technology for them since the death of Steve Jobs. Uh, and I think that's going to be really interesting to see how, like, what does this next phase in phones really mean for them? I, I reckon people are going to eat it up. Um, I Only because I like how... Uh, gorgeous the the displays on the Samsung like yeah. I can't deny it's a stunning it. like, looking thing it is it's 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 a great piece of technology um but then you come to the uh, iPhone X and when I saw all the you know mock ups of what people thought it would look like I was thinking what is that bar in the middle like I don't understand this uh, little horn bit at the top um uh, if I was using it maybe uh, like I'll probably never get a chance to use it I don't know who I know that will get it um, one because of its price point but two because you know we all just dumped our money into phones that have just come through for the 7 or whatever but it's uh, yeah I don't, I don't I think the facial recognition is great I don't like the sort of overall design of the phone um, I wish they could build the camera in more so it you know it's just a streamlined flat piece of kit uh, like the like the Samsung I think Samsung's design is second to none um, and I reckon Apple should have done more there, but I'm really excited about the fact that they're taking this step with the facial recognition and um, just making it the pinnacle of this tech. Like, they're, they're changing the market. They're saying, get rid of these bioscanners. Who gives a crap about that? Let's focus on something else. I think that the way that um, uh, they are starting to see on some of these, uh, I suppose, additional technologies, I think is really compelling. And I think that that uh, is helping them regain some level of status. Mm. I think that the fact that they are sort of pushing the envelopes uh, in a little bit, uh, you know, is helping them regain some of that traction that they've potentially lost. I feel like the last couple of years have been fairly rough for them uh, from the perspective of, you know, I don't think that the phones have been super well received every time they've come out just because of that kind of imp- incremental nature. And I think that one of the real successes of Samsung has been the fact that they uh, have put, I suppose, pieces of technology in there or really sort of pushed the, the, uh, push the barrier a little bit further forward with each um, development they have in that they have, they're one of the major talking points of all of their releases is some new piece of technology. Whether or not that new piece of technology is widely adopted or, you know, sort of ready for adoption at the time, yeah. um, I think that the fact that they've really made inroads in trying to, uh, you know, I suppose, consider that that technology is a good story for Samsung to have and a good way to sort of take a, um, a, a bite out of, the, um, out of the Apple. But I think, uh, well, sorry, with um, Apple's release, they, I, I don't think, I think the reception is just because they're not innovating. And so this is innovation. So, and people are sceptical or, or saying, oh, this isn't going to work or these issues. That, that's healthy debate. Like, I don't think, I think give it six months, give it 12 months, it might be, that'll be the next standard. People I, will not want to touch the phone to open it. They'll just want to pick it up. And it's, it does, even thinking about it now, if I pull my phone out of my pocket, the first thing I do is I'm looking at it. So rather than having to stretch my hand around to look for some sort of scanning mechanism, uh, my face is recognized and I can commence what I had intended to do, which is, you know, uh, look at X or do Y. And it, and you mean it, 10. Oh, sorry, my apologies. Um, but, uh, oh, maybe that's the next uh, iPhone. It'll be like iPhone Y, X and Y, because yep. they're like Pokemon. I don't know. Yep. Get on that, Nintendo. It um, all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But um, it just, it, I reckon it's uh, them testing the waters to see what people are keen to do. I think if sales go well, they'll continue down this innovative path where they'll do a little bit more in um, a more abstract uh, market because... They haven't gone for the bezellessness. Like they've got, they they've included this little panel at the top, which looks a bit odd to the eye because everyone wants to see nothing. They want to, you know, have a seamless body on their phone. 
because of the 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 standard that um the Xiaomi Mix set and then subsequently Samsung is a is a bigger market player set within within the last sort of twelve months. So, um, I, I've got high hopes for whatever's in that panel to scan my face and to try it at least, but I don't know that I'll pick it up. Okay, um, and so uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was what do you think that the increased pricing says about where Apple is at at the moment? Do you think that there's a, something to be said for them reclaiming some status as a luxury brand, or do you think it's um, you know just really a case of like this piece of technology costs that that much more to manufacture? I feel like it says something about where the market is that they are trying to offer a luxe version of their sort of standard offering. Again, it's um, we don't know how much this technology costs, right? But it's different. So what what are they going to do? Well, they're Apple. They're they're not price takers. They're price setters. So they're telling us that this is a premium product. Exactly yep. right. And if you can't afford it, well, that's fine. Just buy the eight. You know, yep. like we we have other options. And um, I know, <clears throat> again, uh, from from something you sent me earlier, but the. They do a they do an affordable version of the iPhone, which is the uh, the iPhone SE at the moment, yep. and that's you know the I don't know if that's standard edition or special edition. I don't know what the SE stands yep. for, but um, so important these naming conventions. I, yeah, like Jesus, it drives um, me crazy. <laughs> but the uh, the X, you know, will it get its own version of that? Will it get a smaller version? You know, again, um, uh, it's a bigger st- size phone. It's um, it's it's closer to the the size of the Plus, but it's not quite the six. Uh, the sorry. The S, oh no, it is the plus. Oh man, come on. Yeah, so it's it's not as it's not um the uh, the plus size model, but it's also not the standard model. So, um, and the higher screen real estate because you get more, um, because of the bezellessness. You know, you'd think if it's a little bit smaller, you know, people with smaller hands can use it. Um, yeah, I I, I just think that they're. They're testing the waters, and yeah. and just and like they did with the the five C, I reckon um, they killed that pretty pretty quickly. And yeah. I think if this doesn't doesn't work, they'll kill it. But I think it's premium, so people are just going to buy it. Like yeah, that. I think yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see that. I feel like this is going to sell insanely well for what it is. Yeah. Uh, but I think it says, I suppose, a lot about um, where we are as a I suppose a technology society that the phone that we're going to be investing in next costs more than most of the personal computing that we have. Yeah. Yeah, like an iPhone right. ten costs more than either of the MacBooks that we're operating on yeah. and it probably costs more than the setup that we're recording this on um, you know, comfortably and change and I think that that's really impressive that both that amount of piece of technology is um, I suppose securely uh, in such a compact form but also at the same time you know, we're salivating over it because it, it has become I think it will become a new status symbol and I think that um, uh, Apple is really banking on that to get some level of uh, I suppose prestige back to their brand that I think has been you know, um, the ubiquity of the iPhone I think has um, caused it to sort of lose some of the sheen mm. in the last sort of um, maybe two to three years and I think it's really interesting to see that um, they're trying to regain that um, status symbol now I think yeah I'm, I'm not uh, overly convinced because uh, I, I know for the basis of comparison I've seen a lot in like Facebook feeds and, and on Reddit and whatever but um, comparing the price of the iPhone especially in Australian dollars but you know in the US dollars as well I guess it doesn't really matter but you know you could uh, I saw something the other day where it was compared to like 1700 beers or something yep. like you could you could acqu- like or a, a, an entire gaming computer or yep. as you say the, the laptops that we're operating on now it would be worth more but I think as stuff gets more compact and there's more value add for the consumer, you can charge more because um, you are streamlining things. And 
a, po- a really good point you made earlier about um, how intuitive the iPhone is or Apple creates this user experience. I remember reading or hearing that um, the click when you used to close like a 5 yep. or, a, or a, a 3, probably uh, probably even from an earlier stage, but when you used to close it, the idea was is the button was uh, to resonate a sub at a subconscious level like you're closing a door like yep. a, a car door yep. and, it, and it was to to emulate. elicit that reaction that's right and and that's why i think this phone will go gangbusters because people will think one thing but then subconsciously have this fantastic experience and be like this stuff just works yes and, um uh, and you know again i'm not a, an apple fanboy by any any means but i'm just excited for what it means yep. for the for the industry when it works it works yeah um, all right, so uh, we'll uh, be right back with the things that well, I suppose that are critical to our mission this week. Please stay with us. And we're back, Curtis. What are you excited about this week? Um, oh, the iPhone, I guess. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. <laughs> no, I um, uh, there was a couple of things uh, that over the last few weeks I've, I've had a look into, but, um, Cassini, uh, I heard, I was listening to ABC radio the other day. So it's this satellite that was sent out. Yep, the Saturn uh, satellite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the light, the, sorry, the signal went off this week cause it completed they, its mission. Yeah. No. Yeah. So what had happened was it was a, well, this is what I, I'd heard. Um, and, uh, for those who don't know, I, I, I love, uh, space and, and all things, uh, rockets, but, um, uh, it was sent out on a four-year mission, they had buffered it for like eight years in total based on the fuel and propulsion and what they expected, um, and it's lasted 13 years. Yep. Um, so uh, it has made some amazing discoveries, given us some beautiful insights into Saturn, um, given us all of uh, the, the relevant information we have about it now. So it's just this, this phenomenal uh, project that sprung from nothing. Yep. Uh, in total, it costs sort of, I think, $3 billion over the course of 13 years, so it's done really well. Um, and so what they had said is they didn't want to crash it on these planets, or oh, sorry, the moons. So, so there are moons that orbit Saturn that they believe are habitable yep. um, because they have water. Yes, they, yep. have, they have water and carbon in um, yep. uh, based on... And they are relative size to Earth. They're like sort of, um, uh, I think, what, 60, 70% of the Earth's size, which means yeah, that okay. they've got uh, like relevant gravity to yeah. us yeah, okay. um, as well, which is also handy. Um unlike Tiny Planet uh, in Rick and Morty. Yep. But um, <laughs> the... So, yeah, I, they, they did a controlled... Uh, so they didn't want the uh, Earth technology to land on these by accident or crash, you know, just when the fuel runs out. So they did a controlled crash, which was, you know, head towards Saturn. And uh, the idea was that it uh, re-entering the atmosphere at, you know, 13,000 degrees or some crazy uh, temperature would just melt everything and yep. game over. Send it so, out in a blaze of glory. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a beautiful thing to read and, and, and even here on uh, this week. So um, those photos of Saturn, you see uh, just the massive storm, the rings, you know, yep. the moons. It's yeah. magnificent. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and also at, at the local university here, where we both went to university actually, uh, QUT, there was a Robotechnica oh, yeah. um, event uh, where the university, I thought it would have just been, you know, a bunch of engineers and whatever else, but it was packed, like kids, yeah. uh, activities. Yeah, it's everyone. always a time of activity. It, uh, it was insane. So it was so exciting to see uh, so many different people there, so many activities for, from, for kids up to the elderly. Um, some of the technology there blew my mind, like the, the, uh, in the hospital of the future, 
there was this robot that was lying in a bed and um, you could, you know, put needles in it and feed it and whatever else and it would react in a way that is, you know, based on a procedure. Mm. So if it, like, had a seizure and you didn't perform the right tasks, I don't know, it would die. Um, so it's a, it's a really good sort of medical or teaching device. Yeah. Um, uh, printing bones, printing, you know, organs, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it was just, it, that, that was mind-boggling. Um, just, just the engagement at such a young age as well. Like, I don't remember doing stuff like that as a kid because um, my memory is, is horrific, as you know. But, uh, but that just to see kids in there playing with technology, getting to see robots, getting to see droids, it, it means that in 10, 15 years, that'll just be part and parcel yeah. of what they do. It'll be incredible. Yeah, and how about you, Maddie? What's, what's ticking on your week? Um, uh, two quick things um, that I'm excited about. Uh, the Return of Broad City, uh, oh. which is a, um, uh, uh, an American sitcom that I really enjoy um, about sort of um, two girls having, uh, I suppose, crazy times in New York City. Um, uh, Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer, both hilarious. Um, you know, it's a show that I think um, uh, there's a particular wavelength in life. Um, it's on it, and I'm on it as well. And I think um, uh, it really tickles me, unlike anything else that I, I watch on TV. So, really grateful for its return, and I think um, uh, a welcome for all of us. Uh, the other thing that I'm really excited about is um, the new album from the band The War on Drugs, um, which is a, uh, you know, as Curtis, uh, intensely familiar. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, so uh, they're sort of a Philadelphia, I think they're four or five piece um, uh, rock five band. Five piece, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, just this wonderful kind of like ambient, sort of trippy, um, sort of, you know, uh, rock that I think is just incredible. Yep. Um, and sort of just an album that you can truly like luxuriate in and just let it wash over you. Uh, you know, I think um, sounds like unlike anything else out there and always excited when they have new things out. Are you, uh, so I do know you have vinyl, are you on vinyl or are you on uh, iTunes or you're on Spotify? Uh, so like, uh, I've, I've got it on vinyl um, yeah. and I have been um, pumping it in the car. Yeah, um, it's really good for sort of cruising around yeah. um, and uh, they're headlining the Laneway Festival um, next year, which um, I'm uh, salivating at. <laughs> yeah, so um, um, I'll be interested to see how it translates live. Fantastic. All right, you'll find links to some of the things we spoke about today on our website, missioncriticalpodcast.com. You can drop us a line at missioncriticalpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash missioncriticalpodcast. Leave us an iTunes review. We promise we'll read every one and five star review that are not posted by me or people that are related to me. <laughs> Until sure. next time, I'm Matt Ryan. And I'm Curtis Selleck. We'll see you real soon. See you soon.